It's okay. <laughs> right, that's the one. Who predicted that by one? Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Hideki gets the green jacket on Sunday. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat here on the BetQL Audio Network. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. We're here weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can always listen uh, live on the Odyssey app, or you can watch us live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Let's bring in Jeff Feinberg, at Feinberg 17 on Twitter, Mayo Media Network, and Odds Checker. And, uh, Jeff, let's start with the, the uh, Masters before we get over to RBC Heritage. I want to get your thoughts on something that uh, I read last night. No, I read it uh, this morning. I was getting set for the show. It kind of ticked me off, to be quite honest, because it's just a narrative that I don't buy into. And it was on the master's ratings. So it came out the other day, 9.45 million viewers. That is the lowest spring masters since 1993. So bad for golf, but it was up from the November Masters by 68%. And basically, the story was saying, look, like, okay, it was great that it was back on track, regular schedule for golf, good for them. Ratings were way up from November, but year to year, this is brutal, and golf is in trouble without Tiger Woods. And I'm reading it, Jeff, and I'm just screaming. It was a non-competitive Masters. There was no Masters Sunday that we love so much. At one point early in the tournament, it was close. And on 16, there was a two-stroke gap. But throughout almost the entire Masters Sunday, there wasn't a whole lot. Your average sports fan was completely bored by it. What do you think of that storyline? Yeah, I would uh, definitely lean on the side of, of um, your your take here. I mean, the sport will forever sort of be in, in Tiger's shadow. That's just the reality of the situation. But it was a long, slow, boring Sunday. I mean, if you mm-hmm. tuned in around 8 or 7 and watched, you know, Hideki make a beautiful par save and stick one in for a nice tight birdie and the gap got back to like 4 and even 5 again, they were a hole and a half, like out of position. Like it wasn't just boring; it was slow, Joe. So yeah. I don't, I don't really read um, too much in, into any into any of that. I would definitely uh, side with you here. Yeah, I mean the field is as talented as I've ever seen in my life. Okay, we got to give some credit to Hideki and everything that he accomplished, and the weight on his shoulders going into Sunday, even with a four-stroke lead, and he finishes it out. I, I that morning, I was watching Golf Channel, and then the light went off. It's probably something that you consider, but just not something that that I really spent a lot of time thinking about. That if Hideki was to become a Masters champion, which we all know that he did, just the impact that it would have worldwide. Uh, Duvall was saying, you know, Hideki might be the billionaire golfer if he gets the green jacket. And we know what happened. Now, you've been to a lot of these tournaments. It, even before this, um, it is the following that Hideki has from the media uh pretty striking and uh, much more than many of the other top players? Yeah. Anytime you're around an event, it is that Hideki is there. You are noticed. It is noticeable. 
And I'm not joking. There'll be a contingent this week following um, former RBC champion like uh, Satoshi Kodaira. These guys, mm-hmm. they, they, you see it in baseball. You see it in baseball, um, Ichiro, Arabu, uh, Nomo. I could name a consortium of guys, even lower tier guys that get um, that exponentially more media attention, even for the mid-tier type talent. I'm not comparing any of those baseball players or Hideki to mid-tier, but yeah, it's a real thing. And I believe the billion dollar, I believe that. I believe that will pay off for Hideki, Joe, as someone a uh, young Canadian that saw how much Mike Weir has literally made in like professional, like just business ventures since his master's win. And here we are so many years later and, and the opportunities are probably so much more. And, and the Asian market is, is so much bigger than um, anything, you know, us little, you know, nation or big quality size, but little nation to the North of you guys, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I actually believe this is a billion dollar win for Hideki in every single way. Uh, yeah, and we get to grow old with him at Augusta. It's a nice ending. Jeff, besides Hideki's big win, what were your other takeaways from a Masters weekend that maybe you could use to handicap the rest of the season now, whether it be, you know, Rory's continued struggles, Bryson's uh, struggles at Augusta, or even, you know, Spieth continuing to stay hot? What were your biggest takeaways from this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take, you know, the like seeing it at the Masters, I guess, to prove it. But to me, like, I don't care. Speed's 100% back. I don't care about the field yep. that he beat at Valero. The fact that he just went to the Masters and did it again, I don't care. It's a course that he has comfort with. You just look at his stats pretty much since Torrey Pines. Uh, I'm not going to read too much into Bryson. He, his floor is bigger than any maybe. At, well, Rory, I guess, now has sort of entered that conversation to a certain extent. Bryson has a has a lower floor than the other like super elites that I classify him with. It is a, sometimes a boomer bust proposition for him, so I don't want to read too much into that because the weeks he drives and putts, it's like he wins by four or a touchdown. So I don't really care about that. And it's got to be Will Zalatoris, really, guys. I don't think the layman, even hardcore golf fan, understands the fact that he got into this tournament without being a full-time PGA Tour member, without having nearly as many starts as anybody, without having a win, um, to, to qualify on, on official world golf rankings is almost like unbelievable in and of itself from where he was a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, with the limited starts, without full-time status. I don't think people even realize he's not even – gathering FedEx cut points because he's not a full-time PGA tour member guys. He's not getting FedEx cut points at this point. He can't even participate in the FedEx cup playoffs. It's, it's this remarkable side plot to all of this and to see him come out and do what he did. And he was never out of position. Hideki made some amazing scrambles and we saw it and his drive sometimes let him, let him down and he recovered. We saw speed out of position. We saw Xander out of position a ton. I don't have a single memory of Zalatoris from the pine straw. Like when he struggled, it's because he, he struggled with a lag putt of distance and he still putted great, but he had, you know, he did struggle with some of those lag putts. And that's one of the reasons you don't like first timers. So all in all a great masters. I bought a t-shirt yesterday of, um, uh, the caddy bowing to the course, like oh, yeah. the emblems on it. Like I, I, I really like like everybody that that stuck with me as just an amazing moment for the game and for the sport. And even from a betting perspective, while I wasn't on it, 
that downrange, like 50 to one guy, sort of like Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, the first Baba, Danny Willett at 66 Masters Week. Like it has become a very nice spot um, for first time major winners, like 30 to six to 50. And again, at the Masters. Who are you looking at this weekend as far as RBC? What kind of picks? Uh, who are you looking at to target this weekend? Yeah, I mean, the field definitely stronger than I had anticipated coming in. Um, for me, it's a couple guys. Uh, a lot of guys have won here off miscuts. And I will put Daniel Berger 25 to 1 sort of in that group. Uh, guys have missed the cut at the Masters and come here. It is no problem. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have been so high on Berger at the Masters. He's never broken 70 at Augusta. I feel kind of silly about it. But his ball striking remains elite. He's like third in my model. Uh, so I'm all about Berger this week. And right behind him would be Abe Anser at 33 to 1. Guys, uh, he is a he dominates Pete Dye courses. Uh, him and Kevin Kisner, I have bet both of them this week. I think this is a real good spot um, for Abe Anser. I could read you off his last like eight results on Pete Dye courses. He's done everything but win at just about seven of them. That's Jeff Feinberg. This is Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on BetQL Daily, getting you set for RBC Heritage, which kicks off uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Jeff, I think it's a, it's a good point I want to hammer home about the field. Uh, most years, it's not this strong. You don't see DJ Webb, Cantlay, Morikawa, and Berger, a guy that you like a ton. When we go back in time over the past you know five years and you see bombs winning it uh like wesley bryan like ct pan in that you know 160 for pan kadira like you said 200 to one odds i think a lot of people are going to end up taking bombs but what we have to keep in mind is of course last year when it was in june and this year much tougher fields yes and last year i mean good point a lot of those bomb wins kadira you named him pan even grace off that uh, the week after the will it win um, but, but it does, I would say this, I don't, well, I'm avoiding that like really deep range. Cause that really never catches my attention. And honestly, since we've been back from COVID, like when good players get together, whether it's a field like this or super strong ones, like the, the, you don't need to go too far down range. Good players are winning these golf tournaments. It's been a habit, but I think that has created some nice opportunities, Joe, in, in what is that 30 to 60 to one range that I really do like to attack where the winners come from literally week after week, like 80% clip seem to come in this range. You get a guy like Sergio Garcia, who I almost bet at the masters wouldn't have mattered. My picks were bad. Um, at, at almost an identical number, he went off at five, 10 points shorter in, in many cases, he led the field in Tita green here last year was 70th in putting came in fifth again, uh, he missed the cut at the Masters. He followed up his missed cut at the U.S. Open with a win a few weeks later at the Sanderson Farm. His quotes after the event were like, no, I feel great. I don't know why I didn't score well, but but I feel great. So like Sergio and a good vibe, I like it. So I do agree that your point downrange, I'm not really there, but I still think there's so many opportunities. I wish there's so many guys I like. You can only bet a handful, a small handful but in that like 30 to 60 to one range. Jeff, we have less than a minute left. Anything else that the uh, audience needs to know about RBC heritage to keep in mind? Uh, it's a windy, it can uh, narrow coastal course. Uh, Chris Kirk, top 20. It's probably the safest bet you can make. He's only not, <laughs> not made the top 20, like once this year. Now that the players where he went to Sunday in like seventh place and he just had a horrible Sunday. 
Like the, it, it saves me every week. It's like my back door to, to making <laughs> my money back. Chris Kirk props. Perfect. Jeff Feiberg at G Feiberg 17. Check him out. Mayo media network odds checker. He's all over the place. Thank you, Jeff. Talk soon. All the best. Jeff Feinberg, great follow on Twitter. Do you agree with me that it's just so ridiculous to point out the ratings and run with this Tiger narrative? Of course, Tiger's huge. He's the biggest deal in golf. If he's there, the ratings are so much higher. I get all of that. But we didn't have a contest. No, it was over, man. There was nothing there on Sunday. And yeah. also, it was a little easier to watch during the week. Maybe the ratings would go up. Dude, I went outside. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's a fair point. John Heyman will talk Major League Baseball with us next.